We have two scripture readings today. The first, from the Gospel of Matthew, tells the story of the wise men coming to see Jesus. It's a story we've heard before, a familiar one. The second is a passage you may not be familiar with. It is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians and tells of the role he feels he was given by God to explain the mysteries that were shown to him. Both scriptures are part of the revealing of Christ to the world. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time that the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. And now from Ephesians. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I have become a servant, according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages 
in God who created all things. So that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts bring you honor and glory this morning and in this new year. Amen. Imagine the look of surprise on Mary and Joseph's faces when there was a knock at the door. The city was teeming with people, but they hadn't seen anyone they knew and they weren't expecting anyone. Joseph looked at Mary as he crossed the small room to answer the door. The question in his mind echoed in her eyes. He opened it a crack and in the starlight saw three men standing outside, dressed in expensive, exotic clothes. Strangers, foreigners. Joseph said, yes, what is it? The man nearest Joseph spoke. We are looking for the infant king. Is he here? Joseph looked at Mary, who was close enough to hear. They both looked at Jesus on Mary's lap and then at each other again. Noting Joseph's hesitation, the stranger quickly added, We mean him no harm. We have come a long way to worship him. Remembering the shepherds, and after another look at Mary, Joseph nodded to the man, who drew a sharp intake of breath and turned to his companions. He's here! He's here! We found him! Joseph opened the door wider so that they could come in, but they turned away from Joseph and went to their animals who were standing nearby. From among the bags and parcels tied there, they each retrieved a small bundle of cloth. After entering and seeing Mary holding Jesus, they all knelt down immediately, their faces to the floor. Tears sprang to Mary's eyes, and she looked at Joseph in wonder. What is this? she thought. What is this? The man who had spoken from the first lifted his face. Tears streamed down his cheeks. We followed the star. We have found the Christ child. He began unwrapping the bundle of cloth he carried. Inside was an ornately decorated box. He held it out toward Mary. A gift for the infant king. The other men unwrapped their bundles and placed the gifts at Mary's feet, saying, For the child who is the Christ. Today we celebrate Epiphany, when the wise men visited baby Jesus. The word Epiphany means to reveal or to show. Many important things were revealed that night. The gifts brought by the wise men 
revealed Jesus as who he was and who he would be. Gold, fit for a king. Frankincense, brought by priests in their worship of God. And myrrh, a spice used in burial. So Jesus was honored as king, God, and sacrifice. That it was the wise men who brought these gifts revealed something else. They were strangers, foreigners, Gentiles. They showed that Jesus Christ had come not just for the Jews, the chosen people of God, but also to save the rest of us. Our scripture from Ephesians reveals even more. The writer explains that through the grace of God, Paul was given the job of unraveling the mystery of Christ, which had been revealed to him. That mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are not just saved, but are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus. And what does that mean? The promise in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you that 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 was an interesting exercise for me. I asked that question of myself. What is the promise in Christ Jesus? And I thought, I need to look it up somewhere. And I thought, no, Laura, you should know that inside your heart. If you asked yourself, what is the promise that I have personally in Christ Jesus? I encourage you to do that. I think it's an interesting exercise. These are the words that I came up with. Love, forgiveness, grace, worth, hope, peace, purpose. And this isn't just available to some, but to all people. William Loder writes, From God's own being, there issues an expansive love which crosses every barrier of discrimination. We know the whole story, right? So we remember who Jesus ate with, who he healed, the people for whom he spoke up. It was all of the ones who were despised in his culture, right? The sinners, the tax collectors, the lepers. Now, today, we also know the people who are often discriminated against. Refugees, people of color, the LGBTQ community, the list goes on. William Loder continues. Ultimately, he says, it is about human dignity. Being able to stand on your own two feet with confidence. The author of our passage sees this as the appropriate stance before God. Here is no cringing model of humility before a God who is looking for people on which to put his feet. Rather, here is a theology which sees God wanting us to be bold, confident, and forthcoming. The former produces people like their God, little g, who walk all over others and build hierarchies of subordination. The latter frees people to be partners, 
The author uses the word servants, but clearly means by it human beings empowered by love to act with strength and advocate for love at the boundaries and the barriers. To embody the God who breaks down barriers and challenges vested interests which give advantage to some against others or builds on forms of elitism and supremacy at the expense of others. Our scripture from Ephesians continues. Although I'm the very least of all the saints, this is Paul talking here, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known. Christ and Christ's inclusion of all people may have been revealed by the holy day we celebrate as Epiphany when the wise men visited the Christ child. And it was shown to Paul who preached it, but it was then tasked to the church to keep revealing Christ. Today is the first day of the year 2017. It has been 2,000 years since that task was assigned, but it is not finished. We've been given an enormous gift to share in the inheritance of the chosen people of God, but we also have a responsibility to make sure that other people understand that love of Christ and are actually included. There are some who say that the church is not needed in the world today. But I believe there is just as much need for the church in the times we are in as ever before. Christians all over the world are building homes for people who don't have any, teaching sustainable agricultural practices and giving away free farm animals, arranging fair trade economies and extending microloans, and even fighting for government legislation to help those who cannot help themselves. Hungry children are fed and medical care is given the United Methodist Church has UMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, that sends emergency supplies and personnel worldwide with health kits, school kits, flood buckets, and more. United Methodist Women distributes millions of dollars every year to projects supporting women, youth, and children on multiple continents. Right here at Clarkston United Methodist, we build relationships with people in our community who are experiencing financial and other challenges. We've helped distribute safe drinking water and also helped homeless people stay warm. We are a growing, evolving church community where God's word is preached, classes are taught, children and youth are guided, food is distributed, financial assistance is given, people are cared for, and fellowship is shared. Do all of these things help reveal the love of Christ? 
Yes, they certainly do. I don't think we can rely on an institution, however, or pretend that we are not personally responsible for this task which has been given to us. You see, we are the church. You know that little Sunday school song, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together? We are the church. As Christians, wherever we go, we are part of the church in that place. What we do and what we say is an expression of the church. So I have some hard questions for you, and for me too. How does each one of us personally reveal Christ on a daily basis? This is not a contest or even an appropriate time to compare notes with your neighbor. This is between each of us and God. Are our words ones that Christ would say? Do our actions match our words? Do the priorities in our lives, which tell others what is most important to us, speak to Christ? Does the example we set for children in our midst teach them what we want it to? Does a stranger meeting us for the first time find Christ in our faces? Does the answer to that question change depending on where you are? You know, at church or in a line at Meyer when you're in a hurry. Somebody cut me off this morning when I was driving, and I was like, Laura, what are you preaching today? (laughs) This sounds like a really big job, and it is. In fact, it is the most challenging and most important task we will ever, ever do. Why bother? Because people need God. And it's our job, it's our job to reveal Christ. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. To help encourage us with this, to reveal Christ and Christ's inclusive love in all that we say and do, I would like to share three things that we can learn from the wise men today on Epiphany. The first thing is to be observant. The wise men wouldn't have known there was a new star in the sky to follow if they hadn't been paying attention. Because they were carefully monitoring the heavens, they saw the new star. They had studied and knew there was a prediction that an infant king who would change the world would be born. For us, in 2017, believe me, I know, it's easy to just be concerned about ourselves. Our lives can be so busy that we don't have the energy or the patience to pay attention to how others are doing. But we are called to do just that. This can be done on an immediate level, when we're shopping in a store or waiting in that line somewhere. 
we can be observing those around us. If another person is being verbally attacked or otherwise being discriminated against or dismissed, we can speak up and engage the person who is afraid or needing assistance. We can also call out the hateful behavior for what it is. This can also be done on a larger level. For example, we can be paying attention to what is happening in Flint, just up the road. It's tempting, right, to let the water crisis slip into that category of old news. But there are thousands of people up there who still can't drink or bathe in the water that comes out of their water faucets. What are we doing about it? The second thing we can learn from the wise men today is to bring our best gifts. The wise men brought gold and frankincense and myrrh to Jesus. Most of us don't have those to give away. (laughs) What we do have, that are our very best gifts, are the fruit of the Spirit given to us by God. These are listed in Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we can bring those qualities in ourselves to the people we come in contact with every day, we will reveal Christ to those we meet and be an example of inclusive love that is the wisdom of God we are supposed to live out. Again, this can be done on an immediate level. Try cheerfully greeting every person you encounter, even in public, holding a door for someone with their arms full of stuff, letting the other person get that choice parking spot or Let them go in the line in front of you. If anyone asks why you are being friendly, say, it's because you matter. If they ask you about whom they matter to, say, you matter to me and you matter to God. This can also be done on a larger level. Pick projects to complete during the year that will make a positive difference in the lives of someone else. For example, if you have never participated in the Adult Righteous Mission, make this year the year you do it. Budget money for an organization that is doing things you believe in. Become a mentor. The list is endless. Start a prayer ministry of your very own. Maybe an hour every week that you'll pray for other people or projects, or this church, our government. The third thing we can learn from the wise men today is to protect the vulnerable. The wise men went to see King Herod, right? Because they didn't know where they were going. (laughs) Who told them to come back and tell him the location of the infant king. He said he wanted to go worship him. But that wasn't right wasn't the truth. The scripture says that the wise men were warned in a dream to return home another way. 
We consider Jesus Christ the king of the world, but in that part of the story, he's a vulnerable baby whose life was literally in danger. The wise men kept his exact location a secret to protect him so that he had time to escape. In 2017, there are vulnerable people all around us. Some are children. Some are people who have no power and no control over what happens to them. Some have no voice and need advocates. As followers of Jesus Christ, it is our job to help protect the vulnerable. As our author said earlier, it is our job to be human beings empowered by love, to act with strength and advocate for love at the boundaries and the barriers where people are suffering and need support. To be observant, bring our best gifts, and protect the vulnerable are big tasks. Part of a challenging and important assignment given to us, the church, to reveal the message of Christ's inclusive love to all people. You may have caught that revealing Christ to others implies that Christ is in you already. I sincerely hope Jesus is in your heart, as that is a source of unspeakable joy. If you are sitting here this morning, however, and wondering if Christ is in you or not, I encourage you to invite him in for the first time or again. You don't have to shout it out. You just need to say it in here and in here. That first epiphany so many years ago revealed significant, miraculous things. It showed Jesus as the Christ, the Savior of the world. But this day, this Epiphany Sunday 2017, the most important thing to reveal may be your heart to God. It's not easy. When you invite the light of Christ into your heart, there can be nothing hidden in the dark shadows because there are no dark shadows left. All the negative, yucky stuff gets exposed. But that's okay, because God knew all about it anyway. The only person we are hiding things from is ourselves. The Lord helps us work through all that stuff, and we must. Because any negative emotion we are harboring, such as anger, bitterness, jealousy, fear, hatred, or withholding forgiveness, will come between us and God. It may take time and effort and lots of prayer, but God will help us. One powerful step is to start this new year making a commitment to God. John Wesley, the founder of United Methodism, wrote a covenant service that he liked to use every year on New Year's Eve. 
a covenant is a special promise. We have part of the prayer from that covenant service in our bulletin today. This prayer, if prayed in earnest, is not for the faint of heart. It asks the prayer to give up all control and to be used by God for God's purposes. We have been tasked with revealing Christ and Christ's inclusive love to the world. This is an opportunity to make a New Year's commitment to God to do just that. I heard the papers rustling. I know you already are looking at it, but read it over for just a moment. I'm going to give you a moment. I want you to read it over and consider whether you are willing to pray it. I won't be offended if you're not ready. It's a hard prayer. And in just a moment, we will pray together, if you wish. Let us pray. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen and amen.